Uh, hello, folks. Welcome to Mem- the Memory Lapse Podcast. I would like to, of course, apologize for last week's episode. And now that means we can press on. I am Tim. I'm Jinji. I'm Tyson. All right. So, uh, last time we promised that we were going to talk about cards that were good and limited and the current limited format. All right. So... Whenever you want to talk about cards that are good and limited, you obviously want to ignore rares and mythic rares. No, get under off. Listen, we we get it, we get it. Cards of those rarities are going to be bombs in that format that you're immediately going to build around the first you know rare you get in your packs. We get that, but we have to talk about the cards that are actually not uh, all of them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would not build a deck around Cryptolith right in my sealed pool. Yeah, well, you know. I mean, you might play it, but yeah. you're not going to build around it. I might, but. Odds are pretty low. I mean, you might look yeah. around at what's getting passed to you after yeah. that, and it might it might color your decision a little bit. I mean, if you got you some know. weenies early, did you got to color your decision? Because what colors you're gonna play? Ooh, damn it. <laughs> okay, so anyway. Uh, You're not going to build around a card like that, but you may just pop it in there and be like, hey, maybe it'll do something. Right. So, uh, you know, let's uh, let's think of some of the rares and mythics, since this is where Ginger's going to actually have something to put in, maybe. other than just Indrolf. Okay, <laughs> well, sure, I have. sure. Sure. If we want rares and mythics, I'm actually, like, in that same field, except whenever I built this deck, I didn't use Giss and Indrolf, because I didn't get them, but they would have fit right into this deck, like stuff like uh, Voldaren Pariah... Dark okay. Salvation and Nibbles of Frost. Wait, isn't Pariah a rare? Huh? Yeah, we are talking about rares right now. Okay, aren't just, we? just making sure. Just making sure. Didn't you say that real quick we were going to go over rares? Yeah, because like, like no reason at all. Well, it's good to know some rares that may not look super important on the front, and then you know on the flip side, right. they're super I, relevant. I ah, you. yeah, Voldar and Pariah. I because most of what I work with in the limited cards that I'm going to be talking about have discard outlets to enable madness, yep. which Voldaren Pariah is three black black creature vampire horror with flying. Sacrifice three other creatures, transform Voldaren Pariah, and it has a madness cost of black black black. And its flip side, which I don't actually have... Well, let's stop and talk about the front side real quick. Okay, sure. So what's the body on it again? 3-3. Three, three, three. Three. So it's a 3-3 three, three for 5. Doesn't yeah. look super important on the front. No. But it's got flying, so it has evasion, which helps yes. you know be really good on the bread method. Yes. On top of that, it's got a really steep cost on the front where you have to sacrifice three other creatures you control. Or is it just sacrifice three creatures? Sacrifice... Well, of course, with sacrifice, sacrifice three other creatures. So, of course, okay. it's going to be creatures you control. Because it's the sacrifice mechanic. Right, but sometimes the wording of whether it can sack itself is relevant. Yeah, it's a sacrifice other, other yeah. 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 Um, it's not relevant in the sake of this card, also, specifically for its ability. Yeah. But something else where you want to sacrifice... Like, it's not in this format, but original Innistrad, we have Blood Artist. So, sacking three creatures could have killed them... If you needed to sack the Priya itself, but yeah. you can't because it does say three others. <laughs> so, so sacrificing three creatures seems like a steep cost, but it's got a good body. It's a three-three flyer that already passes the test. And whenever you sacrifice those three creatures and it flips, it becomes a six-five, and target opponent sacks three creatures, and it saws flying. Exactly. Yes. yes. So now, at that cost, we've turned into a six-five flyer, which is a very fast clock in a limited format. And you just made your opponent sacrifice three creatures as well. Sometimes your opponent only has two or three creatures, and if you've got an excess and the ability to do that, 
that card's just going to win you the game. And also, uh, before I continue uh, on uh, cards that this card works very well with, uh, let's talk about Gisun Jeralf very quickly, since Jinji brought that Me. up. We should let him talk about that then. I so guess. go ahead and tell us what Gisun Jeralf do. It's right here. It's okay. Just play zombies. That's all you need to do, and you can just win games with this thing. But but Gisun Jeralf is a human wizard. I don't know what I you mean. I don't care. It's a human wizard. You can How turn it into a zombie. So what's it do? Why you want so actually? Good? I'm giving okay. you an out here to actually explain the card like so, we do every other card we talk about. It, it's a 4-4 four, four for 4. So, which it's automatically decent at best. Yeah, and it passes the vanilla test. Yes. Would you play a 4-4 four, for four, 4? Yes. yes. <laughs> I played, yeah. Yeah, I'm not even going to say that. But anyways, whenever it enters the battlefield, you take the top four cards of your library and put them in your graveyard. Yeah. Which, okay, it's whatever and limited. That would, it, no, that's, that's real good and limited. That's, it, that's really good and limited, actually, if you build around if you're it. If you're playing... Zombies, yes. This, this would actually be really good in the limited deck that I wanted to talk about, so Jinji just kind of supplemented something I wanted to say by being a hapless moron who's like, I want to play a Mythic and limited! But anyways, <laughs> the reason this card's really good <laughs> is during each one of your turns, you may cast a zombie creature card from your graveyard. Yes. Which, there's a lot of zombies in these sets. Yes. There is a handful of zombies. Some yes. of them are really good. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. That's really good. Prize Amalgam with this thing. I'm sorry. Um, I'm doing. Malcolm comes Christmas back when you get anything from your graveyard. I know. Anyhow, I know. But so this why do you lets care you about enable this it. being able to cast things from your graveyard. Because you can cast things from your graveyard and then bring back the prize amalgam. So it's good with prize amalgam and another zombie, yeah. not just prize amalgam. It's still good with that. Well, basically, what he's saying is it's good with prize amalgam and because of blank zombie. Okay. Yes. Okay. Because of Death Mistrapper and Den Protector type shit. So, do we want to talk about a good zombie real quick then? Like a non-rare legendary Haunted one. Haunted Dead. A non-rare legendary. A non-rare or legendary. Okay. Okay. Haunted like, Dead. This thing's legendary and a mythic. Prime sure. Amalgams are rare. Sure. I'll let you take a turn before I go off on. Other so Gigi did bring up one of the cards on my list of good commons and uncommons, specifically uncommons. I let Tim have the commons. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Haunted Dead's on my list. It's a 2-2 for 3 and a black. When it enters the battlefield, you put a 1-1 white spirit onto the battlefield with it. The spirit has flying. So that's already really good. You've got two bodies, you've got three power, and it's four mana. On top of that, it has recursion. For one and a white and discarding two cards? One and a black. Is it one and a black? Maybe I thought it was white because the token's white. Yeah. Anyhow, for one and a black, and then discard two cards, you get... It back with another spirit because it enters the battlefield again. So if you do happen to have something like prized amalgam in this situation, you also get to bring back the prized amalgam. Yeah, but I think if you cast it for that cost, it enters tapped. I I have a quick question to add to my list. Uh-huh. Uh the the one cost zombie that you can cast from the graveyard for I think three. What's that one? I don't know that one offhand actually. I have no idea. I don't know either, but that that goes on my list and bears discussion in this limited deck. So let me, you, what else are we going? You got anything else to talk about about that card? Because uh, I can. No, that's no, a card. That card's just good. Okay, so I actually think that's the only zombie that made my cut. So we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about Voldaren Pariah, which makes you sacrifice your creatures, which is definitely good with things like Cemetery Recruitment and Macabre Waltz, which bring creatures back from the graveyard. Cemetery recruitment slightly better because it can take creatures from any graveyard back, I believe. But uh, shit, I should have these cards up whenever I'm talking about them. But Macabre Waltz is pretty obvious. It brings two creatures 
from the graveyard to, I believe, your hand. Yes. I don't think it's to the yeah. battlefield. No, to the hand. But cemetery recruitment brings it to your hand. A creature from, yeah, from your graveyard to your hand. If it's a zombie card, draw a card. So again, play zombies. I, I don't know what card I was thinking of that takes it from any graveyard to the field and makes it a zombie, but it's not that. I was just looking at commons. Uh, it's from Origins. It's not in this limited format. Okay, yeah. all right. But there's cards like that, Macabre Waltz. It makes that whole having to sacrifice so three creatures really good. And then there's the idea of Enlightened Maniac, where you play it, and then you get a 3-2 Eldrazi creature. So you've already got two creatures in on your three to sack for... I lied to you. The one that you're thinking of is in uh, Eldritch Moon again. I thought of it as soon as I said it's not in uh, not in the limited format. It's Rise from the Grave is the one we just got back. Okay, okay. And that's... It's an uncommon. It's black. It's an uncommon. And it puts target creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. That creature is a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. Which is fairly good. It's high cost, but if your deck's built around it and you're hurting for non-creature spells... Actually, no, not even hurting for non-creature spells. I'd stick that in there. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. If, if you end up discarding something to one of your effects, like you, you know, just get it big back, fat fatty, then you just rise from the grave at back. Which you have your discard outlets, like Olivia's Dragoon. Discard a card to give it flying. You know, you can just keep doing that. We've also got the uh, I can't remember the first part of its name, but the Fury Blade. The 1-2 for 1 in red that you discard a guard to give it plus 3 plus 0 and it has trample by base. Mm. Don't know. Wow. Does it exist? Yeah, it's a uh, it's one of the vampires. Anywho. Yeah. Fury Blade Vampire. Okay. We Obviously should... on the list. We are we are definitely <laughs> skipping around a lot of cards here. Oh, yeah, we are. But uh We're just talking about good enablers and stuff like that right now. We should probably get into specifics, shouldn't we? So, what, like archetypes? Huh? Like specific archetypes or what? No, like getting specifics on cards, because we're just naming cards and we're not really naming what they do or anything about them. I just went over Fury Blade Vampire. Yeah, it's like one. <laughs> we've, we've mentioned like a dozen cards so far. We did Haunted Dead, we did Fury Blade Vampire, we did Rise from the Grave. I think we should just <laughs> stick to archetypes in this limited well, format. Pariah. We'll start with archetypes and say what you want to draft in them. Okay, all right, all right. So we did the blue-black zombie deck. We didn't actually We talked finish. about a couple cards. Well, we didn't, okay. we didn't finish the blue-black zombie deck. Like, do we want to just go through that real quick? The yeah, stuff let's, I have, sure. I have let's, here. let's home in on blue-black zombies. Okay, so we've already... Pissing is obviously, like, amazing. the kingpin if you can get it, but it's yeah. a mythic, so actually, actually, the kingpin of this deck is really, and this is any, probably I'm going to say no to you. Huh? Uh, whatever you say, I'm going to say no. You can go ahead and say that, but you're probably wrong. You see, because uh, in this format, Nibbles of Frost. My hand's up for a reason. Why is your hand up for a reason? It's not a zombie. It's neither is Gis and Geralt. Shut up. But Nibbles uh, of Frost is really good because it's a it's two blue blue, a flyer with prowess, and whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, tap uh, tap target creature and opponent controls that creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So. While I don't think that fits the blue black zombies archetype per se, that card is just inherently a yeah, bomb. Yeah, it's and just it's really good. good. Like it doesn't exactly have to be in this deck, but it does help because you know you're playing stuff like cemetery recruitment, macabre waltz, a rise from the grave. Pretty much anything you can do to get things back from the graveyard or remove things or draw cards. Draw cards like, because that's just what blue black. Yeah, does. it's blue black stuff. So you're going to have eight or nine instants or sorceries. Well, no, you're not going to have eight or nine of them because you're going to have enchantments too. So you're probably going to have 
seven to eight instants and sorceries with a couple enchantments thrown in. Because you at least want to have a, a vessel of paramnesia to get your delirium going immediately, which it generally does. On that note, I think most of the vessels are pretty good and limited. The, Correct. I believe the best vessel for this deck would be the blue one because of yeah. delirium. I looked at the black Probably. one. The black one's not so good for this list. Yeah, no, blue. the blue one's the way to go. Um, and then you have stuff like, well, we've already talked about Cemetery. Uh, Thraben Foulbloods, once you get Delirium. I believe it's a two-drop, isn't it? Well, two-drop or a three-two, I think. Yeah, that becomes a four-three if you have Delirium. With Menace. Sounds good. Yeah, it's, it's a, real good. Two and a black for a zombie hound. Okay. Delirium, it gets plus one, plus one, and it's a 3-2 base. Oh, it also gets Menace That's when right. Delirium yeah. is active. Yeah, so it becomes a 4-3 with Delirium. So you have a lot of discard, you have the Vessel, and then another discard is a Grizzled Angler, which, uh, let me look that up here real quick. I believe it's one where you can tap it. Grizzled Angler's two and a blue. Tap, take the top two cards from your library, put them into your graveyard. If there's a... Colorless creature transform it, I think. Yeah, which means you're going to try to get like artifact creatures like Fetid Creeper, Geist Fueled Scarecrow, Harvest Hand, or Thraven Gargoyle. You'll want a couple of those just to help along your delirium. Um, no, it's a colorless creature card in your graveyard. It doesn't have to specifically be hit off of its mill, too. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I'm just but making I, sure that they know. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. but we want to specify that if you're running something with delirium, having something with two types that count delirium always help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and especially if you have something like that that works out because Grizzled Angler. Do you have what it flips to over there, or do I have to? I can pull it up. The yeah. partner card because it does flip. Uh, flips into Grizzly Anglerfish, becomes a four-five Eldrazi fish for six mana creatures your opponents control. Attack this turn if able. It's pretty good. It, the the ability. Not great, but its body itself is I mean, pretty decent. It can force <laughs> the them to attack to alpha swing on them. Correct. So Which abilities like that are deceptively powerful. Yeah. Um, the reason that they're so strong is because a lot of times you'll hit this point where you just have like stagnant board states. Everybody's where people just, just sitting there with like six creatures and nobody wants to swing because if I swing with my guys, you get to block favorably. Mm -hmm. But you don't want to swing with your guys because I get to block favorably. The thing is, whoever's on the blocking side has the edge, which is why people generally don't attack in situations like that. So forcing your opponent to attack gives you a bigger edge. Right. Which really reminds me of what Emrakul's doing in Standard right now. Mm -hmm. It's because it's like, oh, I'm just going to take your turn, and I'm going to make you swing out, and I'm going to kill all your dudes. Nope. And now try to kill me, because you can't. So I know it's not related to Limited, but Emrakul saw... Far more play in the Pro Tour than I thought she would. Yeah. Um, I figured she'd have some impact in Standard. I did not think she'd have nearly as much as she does. Huh. Um, she is a very powerful card. Uh, as somebody playing a deck built around playing Emrakul, it's like, oh, sweet. That makes me feel good because I called that this card was good. I did not think it was going to be that good. Hmm. I didn't think it was going to be as in as many lists as it's in. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Because you can recently cast her, cast her for like 8 mana. Uh, eight's a little steep. That's five cards in your yard of different types. So it's Delirium plus one, and a lot of decks have trouble enabling Delirium, even when they're built to do so. Right. Anyways. So, back to Limited. Uh, right. What else do we have for Blue Black Zombies? Uh, Curious Homunculus. I don't think that card fits into the zombie shell, just because it helps with enabling instants and sorceries. I would put that as more of a tempo-type deck. Well, you see, the reason why uh, 
Oh, blah, blah, blah. Well, see, the thing is, you're running, like, the stuff with graveyard recursion, so you're going to get that very easily. But you're going to be able to flip them easy, and you're going to yeah. be able to cast spells easier. And it's it's yeah. a decent body for two mana if, because it, that, if it flips. That's basically something with, uh... Oh, uh, what was what was the other card that returned inst Oh, Vexing Scuttler, actually. That leads us right into Vexing Scuttler, which is kind of a bomb, like a win uh, finisher in this. Okay. Whenever... Curious Homunculus works with that, because... Let me look him up here. Because you emerge him. You just sack something to pay him, or to play him, which you have a lot of graveyard recursion, so you're not really too afraid of using his emerge. But you return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand, so you flip your Homunculus... You cast your Vexing Scuttler, and then your instant or sorcery that you got back from Vexing Scuttler has more effect because it interacts with your Voracious Reader. But these two things, I think, would work good in a blue-black control deck, not specifically blue-black zombies, because zo the zombie deck kind of is looking for the synergies of them being zombies. Well, you have to remember, this is limited, so you yeah. take what... I know, you take what you get, but the abundance of zombies in this means that... Even though the zombies aren't that good on the surface, but since they have the zombie as their creature type, it adds more power to them. Yeah, so, like, some of the zombies that we don't get when we just, like, focus in on... Um, whenever we focus in on Eldritch Moon specifically is, like, Selhoff Occultist, which is a 3-5 zombie for 5 that if you have another zombie, you get the loot. Um... What's the one drop that lets you Phyrexian Arena? The one Crypt Breaker. Yeah, that thing. I mean, that's a I mean, it's still a rare, but point being, um, it's looking for really the good. zombie creature type. Uh, what else do we have? We have... I can't remember its name for the life of me, but it's an uncommon from Shadows. It's like two and a blue... No, three and a blue. And it makes a zombie... A 2-2 two -two zombie with it. It's a 1-1 one -one itself. And then for two and a black, you give target zombie death touch until end of turn. Seems pretty good. So, like, things like that. I think it's really good. I didn't even know thing existed. Yeah, I can't remember its name for the life of me, but it's an uncommon from Shadows. So, like, there's some things to have of note for, um, specifically for, looking zombies, for zombies. Specifically. Um, where, well, like, you can still play, like, zombies as a subtype and be doing what Tim just said. Where you just build a big control deck and just have zombies as your... As, as another way to get card advantage. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't necessarily think that I would classify that as a dedicated zombie deck. No, it's just, you know, there's zombies as, like, a... Oh, it's a sub-theme it, it, yeah. yeah, it's it's part of it, but it's not entirely. Like, for example, like, I was running also, uh... This was a pre-release deck, by the way. I was also running, like, Dark Salvations, so I could make zombies. So, like, there was a lot of zombie things going on, even though zombie wasn't the main... Yeah. ...idea behind the whole thing. I mean, it worked. I went... Yeah, Dark Salvation's great. Dark Salvation's amazing. I, I actually want to touch on that one briefly, because... Now, like I said, I like touching on rares that seem underwhelming. Um, this card is super underwhelming on the surface. It's XX Black Target Player puts X22 Black Zombie Creature Tokens onto the battlefield. Then up to one target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn for each zombie that player controls. Mm -hmm. So, on the surface, it looks really, really underwhelming. That player it's, controls? Yeah, that player controls. Ew. So, 
on the surface it looks really underwhelming because it's three mana for a two two to give something minus one minus one. Yeah. Like seems really not inspiring. Then for five mana it's two two twos for minus two minus two. So if you have other zombies already, the power of that card scales upwards significantly. Mm-hmm. Does in fact because like you're essentially paying two mana for a two two. Right. And to give something minus one, minus one. Which might yeah. peg something off unlimited. But, like, okay, so it's... You can play it for black and give something minus X, minus X, where X is the number of zombies you already control. Correct. So you can just use it as a removal spell, or you can use it as build an army, kill something. Correct. Um, it's most relevant points unlimited are probably towards the late game when you've got yeah. five, seven mana to dump into it. Yeah, Because so then make, you're getting like, an army and giving something minus two, minus two, or minus three, minus three... Or if you have zombies already, even more. Yeah. It's good. It's removal, and you get dudes from it. Yes. So, again, I like to touch on cards that seem really underwhelming on the surface, especially rares that do so, and that card's actually just great and limited. Well, to touch on something else, because you said that this is double X and it's casting costs, generally most things with X and their casting costs are good and limited. The thing is, the double X is really intimidating on the surface. Yeah, it, it's really intimidating, but it's a really good card. But like, mo generally speaking, if a card has X and it's converted to mana cost, or X anywhere on the card, it's generally good for limited. Because limited's slower than constructed, and slower than basically anything else. Generally, yes. So like, doing X spells, you can cast them for sometimes absurd, absurd amounts and get a ton of value out of them. Alright, Remnants of Zombies. Hmm? Is that all the cards for Zombies? I believe that is all the cards. There, there may have been more in this list, but yes, that is that is basically everything I wanted to touch on. Uh, that really, really want to keep an eye out for, especially since these are common, so you can get as many as you want. Yeah. I would say get as many Thraven Foulbloods as you can. If you can get a Vessel of Paramnesia, you're set to go. Um, honorable mention for commons, the... Midnight Scavengers and Graph Rats. Yes. Yes. Oh my god, yes. I actually got... I think the meld mechanic is so stupid that it's just... It sucks on ice, to be honest with you. But I did it once. I managed to pull that off once. I, in a limited pull. In a limited pull. It won the game, didn't it? Huh? It won the game, didn't it? I don't probably. believe it won the game. But it, it probably really, got you very it got close me to pretty, winning. Because like, just the idea that not only did I get both of those cards in my limited pull... But I got to play them, and I got to do the stupid thing where I have two un, two cards held together. So, uh, so I feel I feel kind of I feel kind of dirty doing it, but I, I did it. What can I say? I mean, here's the thing, and like I said when we were talking about our Eldritch Moon spoilers, Midnight Scavengers is an absolute house and limited. It's a three three for five, not super impressive. But the fact that it gets something CMC 3 or less from the graveyard back to your hand whenever you play it is absolutely monstrous. Which means you either get Graph Rats or whatever else. Or no. Yes, it can get yeah, Graph Rats. It, can, it yeah. can find its meld mate if your meld oh, mate dies. Oh, okay. I was, I was reading this wrong. I was reading Chittering Host is the other card you needed, not Midnight Scavenger. So yes, Graph, graph Rats is the other card, and they turn into Chittering Host. Yeah. Correct. So something that I generally do whenever I'm looking at cards like uh, Midnight Scavengers is, so it's a 3-3, three, three, so just take 3 CMC away from the card's cost and be like, okay, so pass the vanilla test, how much do I need to pay for its ability? One and a black. Yeah, which is 
to me, it, it's really good. Oh my god. you're not looking for spells that do, or one in the black, in doing that, because that's just really good in limited. And we should probably mention Chittering Host and what that does, and this <laughs> is probably why I did very well that game. That's why I said it won you the game, didn't it? It's fucking nuts. <laughs> Has haste and menace, and when Chittering Host enters the battlefield, other creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, and gain menace until end of turn. Yeah, sure. You should say the creature type. Eldrazi Horror. What was that, the first one? El Eldrazi Horror. I thought you were tired of Eldrazi's, Tim. <laughs> I played Vexing Scuttler. That's also an Eldrazi. I played Enlightened Maniac that brings out an Eldrazi. Yes, I'm sick of Eldrazi, but I'm also a fan of things in Limited that are good. Sell out. Hey. At least I hey, 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 hey. I know some people who open a World Breaker in Limited and don't use them. Not me, per not me, but... You know, I mean, if I was playing greed, I'd be playing the shit out of a wolf. We're not, we're not going to talk about who, but that's hilarious. Why do you think there's so many spirits? The Eldrazi killed everything. Eh, well. Ha-ha! These spirits actually are pretty good at taking care of Eldrazi. True. All right, so. <laughs> we went through the blue-black archetype. Ginger, what archetype do you want to talk about then? We'll go over some of the commons and uncommons in it. That's the only one I wanted to talk about. Oh, see, so he wanted to talk that, about blue-black. That's blue literally all I play. Really? We don't want to talk about, like, the red-green werewolf deck that has... I have yet to play it, so I don't know much about it. Really? Yeah. Alright, so... This is... This is an Persuade me to draft something board. that's not blue-black. See, the thing uh, is... The fact just... that it's contested in your draft pod? I don't draft with him. <laughs> he plays sealed. Hey, I play drafts every now and again. I just haven't had a chance. We don't have another one for two weeks. <laughs> Anywho... <laughs> I'll, I'll be at that one! Maybe. <laughs> this green... Or is this green, permits. green red werewolf deck. What's the deal? Alright, so anyhow. I got to have the great fortune and the only pre-release I got to play in of playing green red werewolves. I had an Ulrich. Ah. I had a mirror wing dragon. Ah! <laughs> that thing should not exist in limited. So, you won. <laughs> that thing is... I did. <laughs> but here's the thing. Somebody else had an Ulrich and a mirror wing dragon... Played round one on red green and then realized that they didn't have the support for the rest of the deck and had to shift decks entirely. There's oh geez, what is it that works really well with Mirror Wing Dragon? And I got done with it by somebody else. There was another card that just syner synergizes really well. Anything with Anything that Wing. gives it like plus two, plus one, and trample. No, it was there's a, a lot of things that synergize with that card. Yeah, and it's, it's ridiculous. Just, it's just a I mean, gross rush card. of adrenaline with that card's really good. It's just a gross card. Yeah. It's it's Zeta Hedron Grinder, but useful. Uh, it's actually a strictly better Zeta Hedron Grinder. That's what I just said. Well, I Zeta Hedron was Grinder, useful. but useful. No, it's strictly better. If your opponent casts a removal spell on... Say my opponent would cast... Um, Here's Downfall. Just murder. Murder. Because it's yeah, not common. Yeah, yeah, I know. You cast it on that, and it casts on every single creature you control. I know. Yes. Yeah, so if my opponent murders my Stormwing, uh, my Mirrorwing Dragon... It murders every creature that they have that's a legal target. I know. I know this all too well. That's why I'm saying that card is... This card's a lot better than I thought it was. No yeah. shit. I thought it targeted the things you control. No. Or is it just... If I if I cast a spell that targets my Mirrorwing Dragon, it targets everything I control. If my opponent casts a spell that targets my Mirrorwing Dragon, why am I not it targets everything thing? they <laughs> control. don't know how to play magic, apparently. I just misread the card, apparently. I Anywho. blanked on the other red card I was going to look up. So there was Rush of Adrenaline. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm going to make sure Rush of Adrenaline does what I think it does. Yeah, target creature gets plus two, plus one, and trample until end of turn. It's a common from Shadows, so it's perfectly allowable. Yeah. Right. Allowable. So, like, you can cast... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's in our sealed format. It's allowable, guys. Yes. Like, Rush of Adrenaline, my Mirrorwing Dragon. My entire field gets Rush of Adrenaline. Swings. Which is something that could be understated a lot more is because this is a huge a huge CMC thing. Isn't it like seven for it or something like that? What, Mirrorwing Dragon? Yeah. Or is it five? Three red red. Yeah. Oh, so it, okay, so it's, it's five. It's three red red it, for a four four flyer. Okay, so it's not that bad. It, it, I would say it passes the vanilla test because five mana for a four four is fine. And then it flies, yeah. which is even better. Yeah, so it's got evasion on top of it. But being able to cast, or the archetypes that you play this in, you're going to have a bunch of mana dorks anyway. So, like, if you're doing the Rush of Adrenaline, it, what, it gets plus two, plus one? Plus two, plus one, and trample. So, imagine, you know, five one ones getting this. Yep. And you can just alpha swing with it. Yeah, so, like, I had the Uruk, I had the Mirrorwing Dragon, I had a Silver Fur Partisan, which is the two and a green uh, werewolf. That whatever you cast an instant or sorcery that targets your wolves or werewolves, you make a 2 2 wolf. Oh boy. Ho oh, oh, ho oh, ho oh. ho. That yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had a Prey Upon. I had a Savage Alliance. I had a Build Impact Outcast, which I'm going to hone in on that card. I hone, I nailed it. I nailed on um, Savage Alliance immediately after we played that pre release in our next episode, but I'm going to hammer on that card again just because it's so strong. That card is absolutely bonkers and limited. Um, and so is Build Impact Outcast. I will go over that one more as well here in a bit. Um, so like, I just had all these good red-green cards that just played really well with each other. I had the two-mana uh, Eldrazi Mana Dork that flips into a bigger Mana Dork that well, taps that two colorless. This is the Werewolf one? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that thing's pretty good. So like, I just had all these really, really good cards. And then I had a... I don't know what the card's name was, but it's an active treason effect. I gain control of target creature you control. It gets plus, o, plus two plus O and haste until end of turn. So, like, I also have that in this pool. So, like, build and pack outcast will single-handedly break open limited games because of its ability. So, I'm going to pull him up real quick. Could you imagine somebody trying to steal a mirroring dragon with an act of treason? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you can have my dragon, but I'll take your board. <laughs> so, Vilden Pack Outcast oh is four and a red. It's a four four with trample. So, already it's like, seems reasonable. I would play that in limited. That has more text beyond that. For a red mana, Vilden Pack Outcast gets plus one, minus one until end of turn. Okay. So now he can go to like a 5-3 or a 6-2 or up to a 7-1 without any beneficial effects. And he's got Trample inherently. Yeah. So he's already really good. Then he's got a Transform cost of 5 red red because that's how the Eldrazi werewolves go. The werewolf horrors into Eldrazi werewolves. <laughs> so Vilden Pack Outcast transforms into Drone Pack Kindred. Drone Pack Kindred is a 5-7 with Trample that for a generic mana... Gets plus one plus zero oh until end of turn. Oh my god! <laughs> so at the point where you paid seven mana to transform this thing, you can turn it into a twelve-seven with trample. You're probably killing someone with that thing. Let's not lie here. Man. Yeah, like it's an absolute monster. This, this red green werewolf deck has so many tools. There's a green mana, a single green mana uncommon that's a two-one 
that flips into something bigger. I think it turns into like a 4-4 that can't be blocked by more than one creature. For like three green green. I don't remember its name, but also a really good card. Um, on top of all these just like big bodied werewolves, I had all this removal. I had Prey Upon. I had Take Aim, which gives target creature plus one plus one and deals its power to target creature you don't control. Who knew with big creatures is pretty much going to kill anything. So like... I got the plane having big creatures. Cast that thing on a mirror wing dragon. Huh. Uh, what? Take aim? Anything. Well, I mean, take aim <laughs> doesn't do anything because mirror wing dragon does specify a spell that only targets it. These oh, spells require okay. two targets. Because okay. I was like, man, how excited am I going to be when I railgun this prey upon? And then I read mirror wing dragon again. And I'm like, I'm not railgunning prey upon. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not doing anything. Yeah, like. Everything fights everything of yours is a little too strong, and Wizards did make sure to nip that one. <laughs> so, like, I've just got all these cards that are super good and effective in this Red Green Werewolf deck, and I get to play that, and it was absolutely phenomenal. So, going back to Savage Alliance, because I, I, this card is just so strong. I have to harp on this card because of its power level. So, it's two and a red. It's an instant with Escalate. Okay. The three modes that you can choose from, so for five mana, you choose them all. All creatures target player control get trample until end of turn. Okay. Deal two damage to target creature. And deal one damage to each creature target uh, target player controls. Mm. So for five mana, I give my field trample. I deal one damage to everything you have. And I deal another two damage to something else of yours. Yep. So now... My entire field has trample. So now your 1-1 one, one spirits look like shit, don't they, Gingy? All of your 1-1 one, one spirits are dead. Your 2-2 <laughs> two, two that made your spirits yeah. are dead. And then I've got a field with trample. So you declared all your blocks. I shot this, killed all those. Now all my creatures are treated as though they're not blocked. Because they have trample, which yeah. means all damage so goes over, even if they were blocked. To be fair, if this card didn't even have Escalate, I would still probably play it. Yeah, if it's I only three got... mana for any one of those abilities, and all of them are good. Yeah, for three mana, I'd play it. For five mana, it breaks stalemates. That card in Build and Pack Outcast single-handedly won me games because it's just like, I'm gonna transform this thing, punch you. How much are you throwing in front of it before I pump it up? Because it's gonna kill everything you put in front of it, and it's got trample. Yeah, like those two cards were like. Limited often turns into a Cold War scenario where one of us is the U.S. and the other one's Russia. And we're both sitting here like, we've got nukes, we're going to use these. And Savage Alliance and Vilden Pack Outcasts transforming are basically just pulling the trigger. Like, While shooting down your opponent's nukes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, this is a well, one-sided nuclear warfare. Yeah, it's like, we're both sitting here saying we have nukes, but now I'm deploying mine. While we're while we're on this subject of waiting patiently for a, I need to find the right card here, but it was the white common escalate card. Blessed Alliance. It's Blessed on the Alliance. List. Yes. Actually, while we're talking about holding on to nukes for that exact correct moment, <sighs> uh, no, so that Blessed Alliance is the uncommon one. I'm talking about the common one. Oh, I don't know the common one. Blessed Alliance is the Stone Cold Nuts, though. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. Cause have you read the card? Hold on, we'll read the card now since that's on the list. Uh, it's a one white instant with Escalate of two. Mm -hmm. uh, choose one or more. Target player gains four life. Untap up to two target uh, creatures or target opponent sacrifices an attacking creature. See, that's great on the defense. 
But I'm talking about one that you're holding back for your, you know, like you were saying with your uh, scenario of your Cold War condition of mm -hmm. whenever you want to drop a nuke down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now I have to find the white common escalate card and hope that's enough to get it. <laughs> you can Google anything and you'll find it, all right? Yeah, I mean, eventually. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so hold on. Just talk about something else for a second while I try and figure out what the show... Oh, there it is. Borrowed Grace. I got it. Shut the fuck up. Wow. All right, yeah. then. Borrowed Grace. It is two and a white with an escalate of one and a white. It it's has an two instant, modes. by the way. It's an instant. Creatures you control get plus two, plus O, and then the other, until end of turn, and the other mode is creatures you control get plus O, plus two until end of turn. So it's a super good combat trick. Yes. This or, is this is basically that bomb drop scenario we're talking about where it's like, you've opened yourself up, I'm going to swing, oh there's nothing, borrowed grace, you're dead. Yeah, for two white white, you have creatures you control get plus two plus two at instant speed. In a white deck where you're just getting a bunch of little tokens, little weenie dudes out, that card's mm -hmm. phenomenal. Yes. Yes, that card won me games in Limited very easily. Because, you know, it's common, so I had a couple of them. Just, just did the job. Just, just good. All right. So like, even whenever it came to, like, they're deciding they're going to Alpha Strike now because they think they have what they need, and you're just like, chump block, chump block, chump block. By the way, borrowed grace. Not All of these blocking. are dead. All of these are alive. But anyways, back to the, the point I made previously. Anything that can basically have an X cost is good. Mm -hmm. Because this isn't just this isn't an X cost. This is basically kicker. Yeah, like that's part of why the Escalate cards are so good and limited. Alternate costs on cards are very powerful. Yes, especially whenever you can make it do more than it would normally. Yes, like that's part of why these Escalate spells are so good and limited, and they're just really good outside of limited as well. Like I expect Bless Alliance to see tons of play here in Standard shortly. In a blue-white control deck. I'm, I'm assuming it's in a blue-white control deck. Yeah, like, it can be a blue-white control. It might even start seeing play in black-white control. Oh, you're going to sack your field and swing with your Ormondal? Okay, sack an attacking creature. Ha! Ah! Good job, bud. Love it! Oh, Love sweet. It. Your Gideon's attacking because I killed everything else and I couldn't deal with your 5-5? Five -five. Sack an attacking creature. That'd be pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like, Blessed Alliance is going to be, like... That card will shortly be an MVP in standard. It's going to be an MVP because Bant Coco is going to be gone, and you're not going to have these super st stagnant board states yes, made by collected company. Get you know that freaking card. You know what's funny? I've been trying to figure out sideboard cards for my uh, spirits deck, and that might make it in there. What, Bless Lions? Yes. It's really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. Anywho, we talked yeah, I mean, about... So like, we're, we're losing Ojitai's command, aren't we? Uh-huh. It has... What are the modes again? Gain four life, make Counter them sack spell. a creature. No, no, Ojitai's. No, we're talking about... Oh, Bless Alliance? Yeah, we're talking about Bless... I know the modes of Ojitai's command. Yeah, sack an attacking creature, gain four life, untap up to two creatures. Right. So that... Because we're losing O command, and I'm not entirely sure what to put in that slot, so Blessed Alliance might be in there for a little while until I find something else. All right, so anyhow, um, continuing... So we oh, right, we're talking from, about limited, not constructed. Yeah, my we bad. shifted from red-green standard... And now we're going to shift over Standard, toward uh, red, green, and limited. You know, yeah. this world effect is super balling. Uh, let's start moving on to, like, some white weenie stuff. We already went over Blessed Alliance. We went over... Borrowed Grace. Borrowed Grace, which is which, another card that's good in that type of deck. Actually, the funny part is I find the rare Escalate card in white to be very underwhelming. It has a very high Escalate cost in it's that you have to tap a creature. And it's also a sorcery, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's... I do not think it's particularly powerful at yeah, the end of the day. Either. 
Um, I think Blessed Alliance would have made a better rare, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I can see that thing at rare. I feel like the the rarity should have been changed. I feel like that rarity should have the rare one should have been the common, and then the common, the uncommon, and the uncommon, the rare. I mean, the thing is, Blessed Alliance doesn't do as much in limited as uh, Collected Defiance does, though. Right. That's, Collected that's Defiance generally where the rarities come in at. Right. Is like, is it good in limited? Yes. Yeah. Okay, like the card rare. that gives your entire field plus one plus one. Um. Actually, I think Defiance is the red one, isn't it? Collective Defiance is, yes, the red one. So... <laughs> so, we can't think of any redeeming qualities for the white... Or no, it does put counters on your creatures, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it puts plus one, plus one counters on all your creatures. Yeah. So that's why it's so good in limited, and why that... it's too, That's why it's a rare. Yeah. <sighs> what is its name? What the shit? I don't know. What the shit am I, I looking I at tell here? You. What is this? Stop it. What is... What are you doing, Google? What... No, I want to. So know we're what on this the white is. weenie deck, right? No, hold on. Yeah, we're talking about white weenie oh. stuff. Who's this? It's like, huh? So in the okay, enough of that. Enough oogling chicks on Google. All right, so <laughs> in, in the white weenie vein for limited, um, we have a couple very obviously powerful cards. Lone Rider, I talked about during spoiler season, just because again that card is super strong. Right. It's one in the white for a one-one human with lifelink and first strike. All right. Uh, if you gain three life, transform it. Transforms into a four-four with lifelink, trample, and first strike. Hmm. Really good. First or is it lifelink, first strike, and vigilance? I don't know. Uh, I would imagine trample. I think it's trample because it's got the horse part. Ooh. Lone rider. First strike, lifelink, one-one on the front side. First strike, trample, lifelink, four-four on the back side. I was right. Okay. I'm so, so bad at googling things. Yeah, you are. Ridiculous. So, like, Lone Rider, just all-around MVP in white decks. Yeah. Um, it's only cast a Blessed Alliance when you have Lone Rider out and watch the magic. It's only a two-mana one Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Yeah, shut up. But yeah, cast a Blessed Alliance when you have Lone Rider out. Uh, I'll untap this, block this with First Strike and Lifelink, make you second dude in game four. No, I've got an It That Rides as one on my turn. Yep. <laughs> Real powerful. All right. Pair of para- uncommons. Yeah. Um, so Courageous what? Outrider is a deceptive it, like it's not even deceptively powerful it's actually just really really strong it's 3 and a white for a 3-4 that when it enters the battlefield you look at the top 4 cards of your library and you choose a human from among them and put it in your hand and you put the rest of those cards on the bottom of your library in any order it was counterfeit ass card so it's a 3-4 four for 4 that finds a replacement <laughs> I hate you. So that's our courageous <laughs> outrider. I'm trying to focus over here, Tim. <laughs> Another really good white card, Faith yeah. Unbroken. Three and a white enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, enchanted you know, enchanted creature gets plus two plus two. When it enters the battlefield, you exile a, another creature your opponent yes. controls. Yes, this is actually until very it good. leaves the battlefield. Yes, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good card. Ew, pretty good card. Yeah, Ew. just like stupidly powerful Wait, it's white uncommon. Yes, yeah. it's three and white for a two-two that removes a card. What more do you want from for plus two plus two that removes a card? What more do you want from it? So, Seriously, you can, like I said, just look at other cards that exist and what they did. Three and a white is a Wolverine ring. Uh, Oblivion Ring's two and white, but yeah. 
Well, the, we already got Spell Queller for Oblivion Ring. Three and a white is basically just on curve for the next thing to get rid of what you couldn't take care of before. Okay, so I meant three mana, two and a white for Oblivion Ring. So this is basically one mana gives something plus two, plus two forever. Yep, on top of that. On yeah. top of Oblivion Ring. Yeah. So, so you I, just play your Spell Queller to counter whatever it is they played. Shut up about your damn you, Spell Queller. Then you put this on your Spell Queller and just fucking exile something else. Can so, we kill him now? Another no. really good white uncommon uh, combat trick. Uh, give no grab. Again, three and a white. This one's an instant. Target creature gets plus two, plus six until end of turn and can block any number of creatures this turn. That's pretty good. So yeah. I've got to do, like, I can swing out and leave this one guy back. And then you swing back and I go, all right, you thought I was dead. Give no ground. This dude's blocking all ten of your attacking creatures now. And now you're dead. So, like, give no ground is another card. It's just got that really high gotcha factor. And yeah. I like cards like that. It does. It really does. Um, I believe this is my last pseudo-white card on the list. Because it fits into the mono-white, green-white, or red-white. Well, it fits into the mono-white... It fits into the red-white, but it's white, so it's just really good as a flex option, as well, uh, along with our uh, Savage Alliance and stuff like that, is Ride Down. It's oh, running yep. a white instant. Mm. Yep. Destroy target, blocking creature. Your attacking creature gets trample. Yep. So it, you get good. to blow something up and then just get the damage through. Two-mana removal spells are really good. Yeah. See, I mean, I yeah, it has this, a condition, but it's really good. I remember when this was in cons and nobody cared. It's always good in limited. Mm. Yeah. It's good in limited, not so good. Yeah, like, in. I won't play it in standard, but I think it's great in limited. Okay, right, right. So, now we're going to move over to... We already went over all the red cards I cared about earlier, because there's only, like, three of them that are really, really I good mean, and notable. I Tormenting Voice is still in Shadows over in Estrad. Still a good card. I don't know that you really want that in limited. Like, it's good filtering if you get land stuck, but it's not something I'm going to be, like, high-priority pick. Yeah, and there's not really any great delirium options with red. So. Right. I mean, there's madness. Yeah, like though. there's madness for days. So actually, that could be enough to save it. You know, you drop something with madness, cast it, and then draw two cards. Or no, you draw two cards and then discard. No, you discard, discard is an additional. Oh, discard is part of the cost. So you discard a card, cast it for madness, and then draw two. Yep. So actually, if you're building madness, not terrible. Yeah, like tormenting voice has its shell. Um, really good green cards in this format. I know, it's hard for me to believe that I said really good and green was, cards in the I same I was sentence. just about to comment. I was just about to comment. You think, but you already cracked wise beforehand because you always do. I hate quit, you both. Quit smacking the table or I'll start smacking you. That's so, picked up on the microphone, you jerk. <laughs> so we've got Gnarlwood Dryad, yeah. which we were talking about this card when it was spoiled as well. Yeah. It's just a monster yeah, of a card. really good. Mm -hmm. Um... It's the Sylvan Advocate Killer is what they're calling it in standard. Yeah. Because it's a 1-1 one, one death touch for a single green mana. Yep. Seems really good, right? Yeah. What if I told you it had an upside where it can turn into a 3-3? Three, three? Because huh? it's got Delirium. Oh, right, right, right. right. Delirium yeah, yeah, gives yeah, yeah, it plus yeah. 2, plus 2. Yeah, yeah. This card's just absolutely bonkers. Mm -hmm. It's really good in limited. It's really good in standards. It's an all-around great card. Fantastic yeah. uncommon. Yeah. One mana for a 1-1 one, one with death touch, I would still probably play it in limited. But yeah. the fact that it can turn into a 3-3... Three, three, yeah, like, the fact that it gets bigger is just Stupid. gross. Yep. So, a card that synergizes well with that. We have News Constrictor. It's, it's one good. green for a 2-2 two, two with Reach. 
Discard a card that gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Oh, your discard outlet. Is that one with the limit of uh, doing it once per turn? Nope. Or can nope. You, nope. you can it? just pitch your whole hand to there it. There you, you go. Want. Discard outlets. Real strong with Delirium and Madness and such. Yeah, so like, you can put News Constrictor, Narwhal Dryad into this like green-red pseudo-Delirium Madness shell for limited. Yeah. Because like, they just play well together. Like These cards are just really good on commons. Um... Actually, Another, that would make for a really good Golgari uh, Delirium list. Yeah. Well, yeah they're the, definitely in green-black oh, yeah. Delirium. Oh, yeah. But I'm just yeah. saying, Madness is where all the red cards... Like, red's where you get most of your Madness. Yeah. Which is why I said green-red, pseudo-Madness Delirium thing. Yeah. But then you got Golgari, which is just full-on Delirium ridiculousness. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into the black-green one here in a second. I oh, got my another, God, we don't have that much time left. What the hell, man? I got another green card. I'm okay, sorry. Right, Hamlet right, Captain's go, 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 really go, 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 go. good. Go, 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 go. Hamlet? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah one in a green. Hamlet Captain? One in yes. a green for a 2-2? Perfectly fine. Other attacking and blocking creatures you control, like, if Hamlet attack Captain, yeah, if Hamlet <laughs> Captain attacks... And your other humans are attacking, they get plus one, plus one. Yeah. If Hamlet Captain's blocking, and your other humans are blocking, they get plus one, plus one. Mm-hmm. Just a really good card in that type of archetype. Yep. Yeah. So, since Tim wants to rush into our green-black delirium shenanigans, Mourn Willow. I do like me some Golgari. I do. It's, it's a guilty pleasure. Mourn Willow is this absolutely Don't cheat on your blue <laughs> But it's not control. Mormo's an obnoxious card. One black green for a 3-2 with haste. Uh-huh. Already passes the vanilla test by a mile. Um, delirium. When it enters the battlefield, if there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, creatures with power two or less can't block this turn. You know what's really good at breaking open stalemates? Hmm. Making it so you can't block. Yeah. Kind of with games. <laughs> On top of that, black card, murder, one black, black, instant, uncommon, destroy target creature. Yeah. Just generically good. Solid removal. Removal spells are good. 10 out of 10 would play in black. <laughs> uh, would play in blue. Would play in blue, black. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of, uh, let's hit a black, white card real quick. Campaign of Vengeance is also really good at breaking these stalemates if you have the black-white deck. I'm not entirely sure what the black-white deck is supposed to be in Limited. Uh, it's it's possible. I've done it. I but can't like, remember what I did with it, but I did it. The thing is, there's no like set archetype for it. It's no. just like black-white good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's essentially what... I believe that Which was... Which is essentially uh, what all black-white decks are, period. So listen, I need to explain this. And this was a ridiculous uh, pre-release shenanigan. I pulled uh, out of a pre-release oh, box. One. I pulled Tamiel and Soren. So I was torn. I was torn as shit because I wasn't going to play four colors because that's a horrible idea. And I had like no mana fixing whatsoever. I had nothing to make this viable. So I built a Bant deck with Tamiel as my primary. But then I made it so that I had enough black cards set aside that I could remove blue and green entirely, replace it with black, put in Soren and have a blast and it worked and he's right black white was just basically good stuff like it wasn't really there wasn't really any substance there i mean there was a little synergy but that's only because you know cards do have synergy from time to time but it doesn't mean that they like kind of like my demir deck it didn't really fit into any real archetype but they just synergized together yeah so yeah it's basically good stuff like there's no real way to 
to put that down. But yeah, I was running Bant and Orzov in the same event, and it was great. I was just lost this sword. So the thing about nah. Campaign of Vengeance... I have class, Gingy. <laughs> the thing about Campaign of Vengeance, I can't remember the name of the card, but it's an enchantment from Shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the one, uh, like, Call the Bloodline. I think it is. It's the enchantment where you pay one, you discard a card, and you get a 1-1 vampire token with lifelink. That sounds right. Excuse me. That sounds right. Let me check. I got call the bloodline on the on the googs here. Yeah. Yep. Call the bloodline's the card. So like that card is just absolutely great with campaign of vengeance. When campaign of vengeance is three black white, I believe I said its effect. I can't remember. I'll just say it one more yeah. time. Sorry. Just to double check. Three black white. Whenever you attack with a creature, target opponent loses life. You gain a life. Yeah. No, you didn't say that, and that's yeah. So yeah, Campaign of Vengeance is really good at breaking over stalemates. It goes yeah. into this black-white deck. The Call the Bloodline would be really good in it as well. Yeah. Right. Um, another, it's not a black card, but it's a merge cost is black. Abundant Maw. It's eight colorless mana or six and a black. Timmy's pulling up the I'm emerge cost the one real quick. I think it's I six and a black. or it's, it's six and a black or five black-black. Six and a black. All right, so for six and a black... You emerge. Oh, God damn it! it's Siege Rhino. <laughs> Whenever you cast it, <laughs> your opponent loses three life, and you gain three life. And then it's a 6-4. At least it's easier to deal with than a Siege Rhino, because a Siege Rhino was, what, a 4-5? Yeah, a four, it was a 4-5 with, with Trample. trample yeah. At three less mana on the emerge cost of this thing. Yeah. Rhino was busted. Rhino was, Rhino was busted. I still love the fact that whenever I first started playing the game, I got a fat pack with three Siege Rhinos in it and didn't start playing the card immediately. I was new. What do you want from me? So, Cryptolith Fragment is another really good card. This is the three mana mana rock. So, like, on the surface, that's a little underwhelming. Um, it's three mana. It enters the battlefield tapped. So, all of this seems pretty poor, right? Uh, no. Oh, it's two mana enters the battlefield tap? No, I'm just saying no to it feels poor, but yeah, it's three mana oh. enters the battlefield tap. <laughs> so you tap it, you add a mana of any color to your mana pool, and each player loses one life. So that's a pretty steep cost for mana fixing, right? Yeah. Sounds yeah. it. Yeah. But it's also dealing a damage to your opponent, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, if each player has ten or less life, you transform this thing. And then it turns into a 1-4 flyer with death touch that whenever it attacks, your opponent loses three life. Yeah. So it turns into a very fast clock if you've pinged your opponent down with it earlier. Yeah, it, yep. takes, it takes a little while to get going, and you definitely feel the pain from it. But if you can keep things going with a board state, it becomes your best friend. So I've just got a couple blue cards here yet. Ooh. One of them's one that I've been harping on for a very long time. Unsubstantiate is an absolute oh. MVP. Yes! I love them. Oh, yeah. You both can stop I am now. so happy that that's going to... I'm just sad that I won't be able to make it to the game day to get the promos. I'm really hyped that that's the full art game day promo. I'm I know. Gonna God, I'm going to have to pick those up later, but I'm definitely I mean, going to pick those up later. I can play for you. <laughs> Anywho. Unsubstantiate. Absolute MVP. One in a blue. Instant. Return target spell to its owner's hand or return target creature to its owner's hand. Yeah. Just really, really good card. I, I just love that because that's one of those cards with the, the deals with the clause this spell can't be countered. Because it's not being countered, it's just not resolving. It's yep. just returning to your hand. 
So I, that's Which, part of why Unsubstantiated is so strong. Actually, I didn't realize that we already had a card like that from Battle for Zendikar. It was mm -hmm. just not that great. Brutal yeah, Brutal Explosion, Explosion was pretty subpar. Yeah. It's four mana, and it's red oh, as yeah, well. yeah, not good. And, like, yeah. blue-red's just not very good together right yeah. now. I mean, um, it was for, like, two minutes when people were trying to uh, get Sphinx's tutelage with uh, Chandra and Tormenting Voice and all that stuff. Yeah, but even then, they weren't playing Brutal Explosion. Yeah. Maybe they should have been. No, it, it doesn't read as a red card for... Uh, yeah, it's Devoid. That's true. Yeah. It doesn't actually read as a red card for Pyromancer's Goggles. Mm -hmm. Which made it even worse, which yeah. was impressive. Yeah. Just bad. Yeah. Anywho. So we've also got Chilling Grasp, two and a blue, instant, tap up to two target creatures. Those creatures don't untap during their controller's next untap step. Mm -hmm. Pair this guy with our little buddy Nibble so Frost. You're tapping three things down. Yes, you are. Um, Madness, three and a blue. So it's also got a Madness cost if you want to discard it to something. Or if you need to flip something or, you know, do Wait, stuff. Wait, what was, what was the cost in the Madness cost? Three and a blue. It's okay. one one generic mana more. Hmm. Okay. That, that's, a, that's a tight situation to use, though. Of course, we are talking about limited. There are a lot I of I mean, you situations. discard it to your era Falcon Wrath, tap down two of their dudes, start beating. Yeah, yeah. Um, last card on the list. Is Nebelgast Herald. Is what? What did you just say to me? What? Yeah, I feel offended. <laughs> <laughs> Nebelgast Herald. Okay. It's two and a blue for a spirit. Flash, flying. When Nebelgast Herald or another spirit enters the battlefield under your control, tap target creature and opponent controls. Yeah. It's a 2 1 flyer. Yeah. Yeah. So, for, for three. Three? Two and a blue. I'd still play if it didn't have the effect. Yep, it's still really good. So, like, the thing is, it lets you get into the super tempo game if you have a bunch of spirits that have flash as well, or if you manage to get lucky enough to pull rattle chains while you're playing spirits. <laughs> so it's like, uh, before combat, flash out this spirit, give this one hexproof, tap that thing yours. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you get lucky enough, you can play Thalia in that deck and just keep everything tapped down. Yeah. Uh, Thalia is surprisingly not as good in limited. Nah. Okay, so going back to Thalia and limited, I um, played in a two-headed giant. I was playing Go Figure Blue Black Zombies. Right, yeah. And my partner's like, oh, you should play white. I'm like, why? Because we got a Thalia's Lancers, and you open a Thalia. I'm like, uh-uh, not doing it. I might splash it. But that's still kind of risky. Oh, Lancers is white, white, so that's a big yeah. splash. Yeah. I thought about it, I chose not to, and it was the correct decision. Yeah, I don't think you splash something <laughs> like that. Like, Now, if you had a Thalia's Lancer and a Bruna, or a Thalia's Lancer and a Gisela, yes, by all means, go ahead. But you don't. Yeah. Like, Thalia herself is not that good in Limited. No. She's a 3-2 for 3 with First Strike. That can make creatures enter the battlefield tapped, which, you know, that's not bad, but the big kicker to her is the making non-basic lands under the battlefield tapped, and that isn't really that crippling in uh, Limited. No. Especially with our Limited format, where most of the non-basic lands people would have enter tapped anyway. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like, well, that's underwhelming. I mean, if you're on the play, she's good. I think she's good if you're on the play. If you're on the draw, not so much. The thing is, you have to be on the plate, and you have to have her in your opening hand. Yeah. I, I've played her in Limited, and she's very underwhelming. 
Very much so. Like, we're not saying she's bad. We're just saying that there are other... Yeah, there's better things. There's better do. things in this limited format at Rare. Yeah. Now, she's a fantastic standard and constructive playable card. Yeah, but, yeah, the issue with her in Limited is most of the stuff that works around what she does is in Origins, which is not in this limited format. Yeah. So is there anything else we want to add on to this, boys? Because you were telling me to hustle up on my list. Uh, no, I, I don't... I mean, I'm sad that Turnicide's not as useful in Limited. Turnicide's not as useful in Constructed either. Yeah, it's just not... I don't know. I, I feel like its value will increase here shortly once uh, Collected Company is gone. But, like, Collected Company is just oppressing so much of the standard meta. Like, even at the Pro Tour, it was arguably the deck to beat. Yeah. Um, I am super happy. Quick note of the Pro Tour. Uh, we'll probably talk about standard again next week. Because I'm hyped to talk about some of these Pro Tour decks. Um, Temer Emerge was a deck that came out. Um, Blue Black Zombies was actually at the Pro Tour and doing fairly well in the beginning of the standard rounds. Um, I'm not sure if they didn't get any further because the players weren't super known in draft or very good at draft. But admittedly, this is the Pro Tour. The competition's very, very stiff. Um, it's very good, very skilled competition. We're not there, or we probably have a considerably larger following. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, But, like, these are some decks that popped up at the Pro Tour that made me excited. Um, Temer Emerge is probably the most... Temer Emerge is the deck I did not expect to see. Yeah, I, like, you saying that made me question what you were watching, but... I'd have to go back and watch your coverage and see what was there first. Yeah, like, if you asked me decks that I would expect to see at the Pro Tour, I that would not be on my list. No. I called Black Green Delirium when spoilers were happening and we were talking about Liliana and her home. Black, um, the casters were saying that it basically got to the point where there were two main decks. There was Bet Collected Company decks, and there were decks playing Liliana. Those were the largest percentage of the meta. Hmm. Um, the Liliana decks were also playing Emrakul, and if you weren't playing Liliana or Collected Company, you were playing Emrakul. Mm -hmm. The lone exception being, like, the Blue-Black Zombies list, I'm pretty sure. Because almost every deck was playing some number of Collected Company, Liliana, or Emrakul. I don't think there was a list in there outside of Zombies that wasn't playing one of those cards. Soul-Tie Zombies with Coco. We're done. Game over. We're done here. And we just came up with the with the meta breaker. That actually sounds really lackluster. I'm not gonna lie. Probably is. Probably it is, is. But not the point. Yeah. You said I need to play Coco or Liliana. How about both? Shit. Hold on. Let me check something here real quick. What are we looking at? I swear to. I s remember that. Fuck. Oh no. Remember that creature that I was banging on about, the common that I was trying to remember? Here's a good one for limited and a zombie, or not even a zombie deck, but just any, the graveyard recursion deck. Sanitarium Skeleton, that was the one I was trying to think of. Okay. Cost of black, one, two, pay two in a black, return Sanitarium Skeleton from your graveyard to your hand. So there you go. That's decent. That's the one I was trying to remember from back in my list. That's and it, my... it keeps coming back, so that's a good thing about it. Yeah, yeah. It, do it does keep coming back. Anything that has... Natural advantage built in is fine. Okay. I just remembered that. As we were talking about everything else, I just glazed over for a second. It was like Sanitarium Skeleton. Sanitarium Skeleton? What's Sanitarium Skeleton? Oh, yeah, it's that card I was talking about like an hour ago. <coughs> um, big decks from the Pro Tour. 
Bant Coco, surprise of nobody. Yeah. Green, ba- uh, Green Black Delirium, I was really, really happy that that was one of the lists that a lot of people were on. Yeah. Um, made me oh, sorry. feel pretty confident in pegging Liliana as a considerably better card than she appeared to be on the surface after talking about her so much. Um, and she did, in fact, do that. I don't believe she's the $45 card that she is right now. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that she's very good, and the fact that she's getting played and has that price for even a brief period of time makes me feel better because I was like, this card is fairly underwhelming on the surface, but the more you think about this card and look at this card, the better it is. Yeah. And it that's exactly what happened with it. Um, like I said, Emrakul caught me by surprise. I did not expect nearly as many decks to be playing that. Um, like All of the green-black delirium lists were playing some number of Emrakul, there were uh, red, green, ramp style decks were still around, and they were playing Emrakul. The Tamara Merge deck was playing Emrakul. Doesn't surprise me on that one. Like Emrakul saw more play than I thought it was going to, and I have no problem saying that. Um, I thought it was going to see some play, but far, far more than I expected. Uh, the blue black zombies list again was really cool. And those were, like, the only decks at the Pro Tour that I really saw on stream. Oh, there was a black-white control list, I believe. And a... Well, I guess black-green delirium was... There were a couple builds of black-green delirium. There was a mid-rangey controlly one, and then there was, like, a more aggressive one. Okay, okay yeah. so Tyson stopped, Tyson yeah. stopped talking now, so I think that might actually mean that we might be done. Are we done? Yeah, Are sorry. We done? I wanted to we'll, touch we'll on the Pro Tour, and week. I was really hyped about that. We'll yeah, continue we'll, the Pro Tour. We'll, yeah, yeah, next week's probably. is Pro Tour review, and I'll pull up some deck lists, and we'll talk about those. Okay, so can I just talk about the art for Cemetery no, recruitment and how fucking weird it looks? Can we talk about how wrong Liliana looks here? Does this look wrong to anybody else? No. No? <clears throat> nope. No? Nope. She looks like Liliana. She, it looks wrong to me. But anyway, thank you for watching Memory Labs Podcast. Remember, you can contact us at how Memory Labs Podcast. How perverted are you? What? I said, how perverted are you? What are you talking about? Like, it doesn't look right. That doesn't look like Liliana. It looks weird. Thank you for watching Memory Labs Podcast. Thank Let me just for, say that one again. Do I say thank you for watching? Well, these are going to have a video format eventually. Yeah, but it's not now. Not now. Well, this one. This yeah, one you'll have, be watching it in the future. This one will have a video too. The the ones Ooh. that don't have. the. <laughs> and you asked me if I was perverted. I feel. Uh, I feel what? Like, <laughs> you, what? Like Anyways, continue with your... But anyway, you can email us at memorylapsepodcast at gmail.com and uh, eventually we're going to have videos of these. Uh, the ones that are going to be here are just going to be placeholders with the cards we talk about, but eventually there's going to be full motion video, I guess you would call it. Well, it doesn't work now. I'm excited for that. <laughs> no, I'd say full motion video is a joke callback to Sega CD, but it's just going to be us sitting here. You, you get to see what we look like when we do this. It's going to be very underwhelming for you. Uh, but yeah, thank Tim you. Tim does not look as attractive as his voice sounds. Aw, you just said I have an attractive yeah. voice. That's awesome. Yeah, but like you're that. ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you got the perfect radio face. Right. <laughs> perfect face for radio. All right, but anyway, on that, I think that'd be it for this episode of the Memory Lapse podcast. I'm Tim. I'm Genji. And I'm Tyson. And goodbye. Radio face. What, perfect face for radio, man. You never heard that one before? I have. All right.